Hi, you're listening to Koldodi Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Join us in person for our weekly Shabbat services every Saturday at 11 a.m. We meet at 3534 West End Avenue in Nashville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website at koldodi.org or follow us on Facebook and watch us live at facebook.com forward slash Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. Praise the Lord. So, Father, we thank you. Thank you so much for this time this morning. Continue to speak to us. We pray <clears throat> through your word today, O oh God, as we look at this subject, as we remember what you have done, as what happened around this time of year, historically, and we, we give you all the praise and we thank you. Amen. The topic today is why the ascension, Yeshua's ascension, is so essential. As it says several times in the original language in the Greek that Yeshua was taken up or carried up, or another translation, other Greek term, other terms are used in the Greek, again received or carried. In other words, that God the Father actually did it, not Jesus himself, but God did it. And perhaps perhaps with many angels and celestial kiddushim or saints cheering in as the cloud of witnesses because we know he was taken up in a cloud and the clouds are rare and the clouds are rare in the middle east by the way uh, so when clouds are significant when they occur and when they're there and this was maybe the cloud of witnesses so i believe it would have been 40 days today since yeshua's resurrection uh, very possibly today, so his ascension would have been perhaps today, 40 days later. Uh, and um, this past Thursday was Ascension Thursday on, the, on a church calendar, this coming Thursday on a Christian Orthodox church calendar. So I don't understand all of that, but anyway, it's sometime around this time of year, all right, that it would have been. So it's a good time to look at it. So, open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word, Lord, as we look at this subject. B'Shem Yeshua. Amen. Amen. The Lord had told them he'd be leaving uh, in uh, John 14, and he says, and if you want to turn there, John chapter 14 in your scriptures, he says, don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself so that where I am, you may also be. And so he told them that. He said, in verse 12, he says, I'm going to the Father. I'm going to the Father. Verse 28 of the same chapter, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. In, then in chapter 16 of John, he says, beginning in verse 5, but now I'm going to the one who sent me and not 
one of you is asking me, where are you going? Because I have spoken these things to you, grief has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. Now, that's hard for us to grasp, whether it's this case or whether it's the death of our loved ones. It's very hard for us to grasp. But Yeshua says for his leaving, it was for our, his, their, the disciples' advantage. And oftentimes, in the will of God, it's for our advantage, believe it or not, that we lose someone. For I do not go away. If I do not go away, he said, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send you that word paraclete. Remember in the Greek, it's, a, it's quite a term. And it it's, has to do with, uh, with one called alongside to assist, to the comforter. It's translated different ways. But seven times he mentions, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm going. I'm going to the one who sent me. Grief has filled your heart, but it's your advantage. A little while in verse 16, he says, a little while and you will no longer see me. And again, in a little while, you will see me. It's just a little while for what us seems a long time, a long span of time in God's eyes. It's such a little while. You know, it says, what is your life? James says, it's but a vapor that appears for what? A little while. Let's say it. A little while. Your life is but a vapor. It appears for a little while and then vanishes away. I think it's James 4.14. It's a little while. It's just a moment in God's in terms of eternity comparison to God, the way God sees time. Now, they didn't want him to go. They didn't want him to go. Would they miss him when he left? Absolutely. Terribly. They would miss him, of course. They'd been with him for three, approximately three years all the time. And can you imagine what it would have been like to be with Yeshua, to be in his presence, the love, the, the conviction, the learning? The, I mean, we can't ima- I can't imagine. Can you imagine to be with him in the flesh? And, uh, and this is from, a, I found from a sermon in, I preached in 2018. I wrote this. We can never replace what God has taken with the same. But we must move in God's time into the next phase of his provision. Acts 2.4, they were all filled with, they would become filled at Pentecost, which we'll celebrate next week, with the Holy Spirit, and they would be enabled. So we must always balance memory and mission. He left in death, and he returned. He left in ascension, and he will return. In John 16, 7, it says, until then, we're given a supernatural provision and a commission. Now, 40 days of visiting between his resurrection and his ascension, and then he's gone. So now what? Pray? pray. Did they miss him? Oh, yes. But once the Holy Spirit comes, they'll be filled and they'll progress on. Becoming so busy with their new assignment that they'll not be focused on their loss. They'll launch, but they'll launch into the field 
while still longing for his return, always, because we must always balance memory and mission. Now, Luke wrote a two-part history of the origins of Messianic Judaism. And the ascension was so important for Luke that he, ent- he ended volume one with it in Luke chapter 24. And you might want to turn there, Luke 24, the end. He ended his volume with it, with the ascension. And he begins his second volume, volume two, by reporting it again. Acts chapter 1, so turn there as well. And then he refers back to it several times in his book of Acts, his record of the Acts of the Apostles. Now imagine, what if he had not ascended? If he hadn't, we'd all be still dependent upon his physical presence. Think about it. We'd still want to go see him in the Galilee, in the Canaret. We'd all be saying today, gosh, let's all, what are we doing here? Let's all go to the, let's all go see Yeshua in, in the Canaret. But he's not there <laughs> any longer. He's in us, right? He's in us now. And he's in us so that we can take him everywhere to everyone else. He ascended while he was blessing them, interestingly enough. Look at Luke chapter 20. Four. Let's look at it. Luke 24. How was he blessing them? It's verse 50. Then Yeshua led them out as far as Bethany, Luke 24, verse 50. And he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. Well, probably this was the Birkat Hakonim, the uh, Aaronic benediction or the, the uh, priestly blessing, right? He, because he lifts up his hands and he blessed them. And while blessing them, he departed from them and was taken up. Again, remember, God did it. He didn't do it. He was taken up. God says, time to go. Boom. Into heaven. To sit, to be seated at the right hand of God. And after worshiping him, it says, they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they're continually in the Beit HaMikdash, the temple, praising God. So after, uh, while he was blessing them, he was carried up. The, in, again, it, the Hebrew word, the Greek word is anaphero, into heaven, carried up again. And while they're watching him, he's lifted up. It says in Acts chapter not, 1, verse 9, it's a different Greek word. Epero, epero in the Greek, it means to be lifted up. Now, I believe the prophet Isaiah specifically forecast Messiah's ascension more than 700 years beforehand in a very powerful verse of Scripture, Isaiah 52, verse 13. It says this in verse 13. He says, Behold, my servant will prosper. He will be high and he'll be lifted up. And he'll be greatly exalted. Now, high is rum in Hebrew, and it means to be elevated for a goal, for an exalted goal. But then, and then lifted up, nasa, let's say, let's say rum, rum, let's say nasa, nasa, okay. Nasa means to be lift, he'll be, he'll to rise up, 
And then he'll be greatly exalted, gava, let's say gava, gava, to means to be ri to rise very high through the consecration of elements, to soar. Yeshua, so here we have Yeshua's atoning death, his triumphant resurrection, and then his soaring ascension. Or further on in Isaiah, the prophet says in chapter 53, he forecasts his death by crucifixion in verse 9, his burial in verse 10, his resurrection, and then, or resurrection in verse 10, and then his exaltation and his intercession in verse 12. All there in Isaiah chapter 53. But here is the ascension for a prophecy predicted in this verse, 52.13 of Isaiah. Now, why then is the ascension so essential? Why is it so important? Why is it so important? Three reasons I'll give you. You could give more, but let me give you three important reasons, I think. Number one, it declares that the work is finished. He sat down. He seated. He sat down at the right hand of God. It's finished. Tetelestai or tetelestai, however you say it in the Greek in John 19.30, when he said it is, but it is, it's done. Now, here is the main point being said, the writer of Hebrews says in chapter 8, verse 1, we do have such a Kohen Gadol, such a high priest, who has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. It's done. He's taken his seat. He had to ascend to do that. Or back in the beginning of the writer of the of the of the book of Hebrews, the letter to Hebrews, verses three and four, when he had made purification for our sins, he did it. He paid for sins once and for all, all of our sins, for all humanity, provision for all. But you have to accept him, of course, in order to benefit from it. A person has to accept it. But it's the provision is there. Made purification for our sins. He did what? He let's say it. He sat down. Let's say it. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Thus he became as far above the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Hallelujah. Or 10 verses 12 through 14. Listen, on the other hand, when the one offered for all time, the one, this one offered, this one offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down. What did he do? He sat down. There we go. At the right hand of God, waiting from then on until his enemies are made a footstool for his feet. For by one offering, he, that's quoting Psalm 110, for by one offering he has perfected forever those who, may, he, who are, he made holy and are being made holy. Could be, go either way. Psalm 110, verse 1, is the most quoted reference in the writings, in the Ketubim, the writings by the apostles in the New Covenant. Psalm 110, verse 1. Adonai declares to my Lord, the Lord said to my Lord, who's speaking? God to God, speaking. 
Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Sit to my right hand. I would translate it from the Hebrew. It could literally be literally like this. Sit to my right hand until I make your enemies the blood for your feet. Hadom lirag lecha. Interesting. It's done. It's done. It's done. He's in authority now. Now, the ascension indicates that all things, all enemies, are under his authority. 1 Peter 3.22, he has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels and authorities and powers subjected to him. Ephesians 1, 20 through 22, power he exercised in Messiah when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heaven. He's far above. How far? Far above. Far above any ruler, authority, power, leader, and every name that is named, not only in the Olam Hazeh, not only this world, but also in the Olam Haba, the world to come. God placed all things under Messiah's feet and appointed him as head over all things for his community. That's us, the believers. Now, although he hasn't fully implemented it yet, it's done. But one day he will. He will. 1 Corinthians 15 tells us, verses 24 through 26, then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to, to be destroyed is what? Very good, death. Let's say it. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Hallelujah. It's going to be destroyed. Now he's, he's, over, he's done it, but it hasn't been fully imp- carried out yet, implemented yet. And it says the throne of the king will rule heaven. The throne of the king will rule heaven and earth. And earth. Uh, The key word in the book of Revelation or the apocalypse is the word throne. I remember counting 40 times that the word throne is used. That's the key word because God is on on the throne. He's in control. It may not seem like it here as everything goes crazy on earth and we're in a you know, crazy world and every time we see things, we say, what, a, what, what are we doing here? We're here to share the gospel, folks. We're here to, to live for the Lord, to follow him, to be faithful, to, to you know, be faithful. But, we're, but listen, this world is going to come under his authority one time and there'll be a new heavens, new earth. Number two, why is the ascension so essential? That's number one. Because number one is because it declares that the work is finished. Number two, he is now interceding on our behalf as high priest, as Kohen Gadol. Hebrews 7.25, he's interceding for you, for me, for us as believers. Therefore, he is also able to save completely those who draw near to God through him, always living to make intercession for them. He's always living to make intercession for us. 414 through 16, therefore, since we have a great Kohen Gadol, a high priest who has passed through the heavens, yeah, passed through the heavens, Yeshua ben Elohim, Jesus, son of God, let us hold firmly 
to our confessed allegiance, for we do not have a Kohen Gadol who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all the same ways, yet without sin, yet without sin. But he's been tempted. He knows, he knows the pain. He knows our, the, the struggles. He knows the difficulties. Every single one of them. Therefore, let us draw near to the throne of grace with boldness so we may receive mercy and find grace for help in time of need. And he's there intervening, interceding, stand inter, for us, intervening for us at the, on his throne. Psalm 110, verse 4, further down from the, that other prophecy, Adonai has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a Kohen, a priest forever, not a temporary priest, uh, forever because it's not according to Aaron's priesthood, but according to the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek. 1 John 2.1, My children, I'm writing to these things so that you will not sin, but if anyone does sin, what do we have? We have an advocate, an intercessor with the Father, Yeshua, the Messiah, the Righteous One. He's our advocate, our intercessor. And so thank God he's interceding now. But also it's the beginning of our new work as ambassadors, as messengers of the new covenant. He's made us servants, ministered, competent as servants of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. We are his witnesses in Jerusalem and through all Judah and Samaria to the ends of the earth. We're his ambassadors entrusted with the message of reconciliation, 2 Corinthians 5 verses 19 and 20, and Acts 1, 8. Number 40 is the number of transition. So those 40 days, number 40, number of transition or change. His ministry becomes the disciples now. His ministry becomes ours. There's a transfer that takes place. It's now ours. So in other words, he ascended so he could send us. He went up so that we would go out is a way to think of it. I like to think of it that way. What's the third reason that the ascension is so essential? Very simply, he's coming again. He's coming again. The ascension foreshadowed Yeshua's personal, physical, glorious return. Look at Acts 1. So great to read it here in Acts chapter 1. What happened before he ascended? It says that this Yeshua 111, who was taken from you, this Yeshua, rather, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. I love the prophecy. I know you do, too, if you know it. Proverbs 30, verse 4, Solomon wrote. In Proverbs 30, verse 4, who has gone up into heaven and come down? Who has gathered the wind in the palm of his hand? Who has wrapped the waters in a cloak? Who has established the, all the ends of the earth? What is his name? And what is the name of his son, if you know? Great prophecy. We love those messianic prophecies, don't we? 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18. For the Lord himself shall come down from the heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the blast of God's shofar. And the dead in the Messiah will rise first. Then we who are alive, 
who are left behind will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. On that day when he comes to be glorified among his Kiddushim, his saints, and marveled at by all who have believed in 2 Thessalonians 1.10. Revelation 1.7 says, Look, he's coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth shall mourn be over him. Yes, amen. 19.11 of Revelation, Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, the white horse, one riding on it called Faithful and True, and he judges and makes war in righteousness. Praise the Lord. If he ascended, it's likewise assured he will be back. It set the pattern for his return. When Yeshua comes to set up the kingdom, he'll return just as he left, literally, bodily, visibly in the clouds. Daniel 7.13 says, I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days and brought him near before him. And it mentions it several other places. Look at, uh, again, at, uh, back at, in Acts, uh, Luke 24, 50, it mentions Bethany is where he ascended. And we see it. And then Acts 1, just quickly back there. Uh, in Bethany, it says Yeshua led them as far as Bethany. Why Bethany? Bethany was a special place for Yeshua. <laughs> you know, it uh, means in the Hebrew and Aramaic, best I understand, a house of affliction. The house of the poor or the house of affliction. And it was the home of his close friends, of, uh, of Miriam, Martha, Lazarus. It's where he raised Lazarus from the dead in John 11 the home of Simon, the, what they call Simon the leper, really Simon the Metzora, who had that skin disease in Mark 14. Miriam anointed his feet. And the woman, his head, maybe the same woman, not sure, in John 12 and Matthew 26 there. Remember pouring that expensive perfume on him for burial. And it's here that he chooses to ascend and would depart from them. And I think it's very similar as Elijah separated from and ascended from Elisha, Eliyahu from Elisha, it's the Hebrew words, but Elijah and Elijah, they're Hebrew names. It's a very similar pattern, very similar. I'm not going to go into it today because that's a whole message in itself and I taught it a few years ago, but the, the, the parallels, are, parallels are amazing. Uh, in the accounts of the story of Elijah and Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 2. Separation, the second, the double portion coming on, the mantle coming on to Elijah. He's taken up, ascends the Aliyah, and, um, and the, the different places he goes. But Yeshua wants to identify with the afflicted. And this is, what, this is why Bethany... The place of, of suffering. The place, he's the man of suffering, the man of sorrows in Isaiah 53, the Messiah. And here he identifies. 
And this is where he's going to ascend from. And let me say, God is preparing many of us here, many of you through suffering, the things that you have gone through. That's preparing you for, his, for the ministry that he has for you and for, for, the, for, for him using you in a much greater capacity so that he can use you. And here, uh, look over at Acts 1, and we'll close there. Acts chapter 1, just I told you to turn there before. You're, probably, you're already there. So he says in verse, we'll look at verse 6. It says, uh, when they gathered together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel at this time? And he said, no, 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 no. The church is going to be the kingdom now. There's no, there's no longer not restoring. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, how sad that some people actually believe that. No, of course he's going to restore the kingdom to Israel. It's going to happen. He doesn't say, no, I'm not going to do that. He's, he's, it's just at, he says, it's not your place to know the times or the seasons uh, which the Father has placed under his own control. But it's going to happen. It's, uh, and they understood that. But you will receive power. That's not to be your focus the, on, on the time, the when. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem. The toughest place, the toughest place where, the, where, I was, where I've been crucified, where there's rejection, where there, the toughest place. Don't start in the easiest place. I'm not sending you to start in where it's easiest and comfortable. I'm going to have you start where it's toughest. And you're going, to have to, you're, going to, you're going to start right where it's toughest. That's okay. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and through all Judah and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after saying all this, while they were watching, he was taken up and lifted up in a cloud. There's that cloud. There's so much significance to the cloud. Maybe the cloud of witnesses received him out of their sight. The Shekhinah, maybe, of God, the glory of God. While they were staring into heaven as he went up, again, taken up, suddenly two men, similar maybe to Abraham with two men, Genesis 18, two men, the angels, two men stood with him in white clothing. They said, men of Galilee, why do you keep standing here staring into heaven? This Yeshua, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Hallelujah. He's coming back. He's going to come back. And... And so we can count on that. The ascension so important for us as believers. So important. The work is finished. He's interceding for us. And he's coming back again. Amen. Father, we thank you so much for, for this historical event. We thank you, oh God, for this time in history and remembrance of it. Lord, help us to balance memory and mission. Oh, God, help us through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. Your Spirit, oh, God, help us to balance. Always remember, always remember. We're longing for you to always remember. Thank you, Lord, we're going to see our loved ones again. Thank you, we're going to see you again. Thank you, Lord, you have overcome. Thank you, Lord. You are shaping your people, every one of us here. Greater works will we do 
because you're in us than you could do when you're here just yourself, Lord. You have such, a, you have such wisdom in all that you do. We don't understand your ways, but we trust you. We thank you. We praise you. We love you. If you've never trusted Yeshua yourself personally, say a simple prayer like this. Humble yourself before God and say, God, I need you. I trust you. I'm accepting Yeshua today. I want you into my, my life. I need you, God. Lord, I'm reaching out to you. I'm reaching out to you. Take his hand right now. He's reaching out to you. Say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. Give me a new start. I trust you today. And let us know you're praying that prayer. There'll be someone here to pray with you after service. If you're here physically, if you're watching online, please write us and we'll contact you back and let you and, and uh, be in contact with you and help you in any way we can. <laughs> The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom.